the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. catching up a little bit and um, they said something that i was thinking about talking about a lot today and that is gail king and uh, i forget who else was uh, up there supposedly uh trying to control this debate last night and of course there's not really debates okay the way that they run them they're not really debates but it was terrible last night. I mean, I was trying to watch it. And there was some good basketball on. And it takes a lot to get me to to turn away from good basketball. Like I'm, I've got Michigan State playing against Iowa. You got Duke getting upset by Wake Forest. Sitting there watching those games. And uh, doggone it. It was just a free-for-all on television last night. You know, you're watching them. And everybody was talking at the same time. It looked like, t- did you see any of it, Zach? It was like total chaos, which is a pretty good indicator of what the Democratic Party is right now. All right. It's, it's total chaos. Jenna Ellis is going to join a senior legal advisor for Trump 2020. Jenna, did you watch all of that debate last night? Unfortunately, yes. And, uh, you know, it wasn't even a debate at all. It was just really, really bad television. And that's what I tweeted after it. And, you know, it, it was like it was like a bunch of children on stage yeah. that were all talking over each other and had nothing to say. And the biggest uh, indicator coming out of it, like we've known all along, is that not one of the people standing on that stage are competent or qualified to lead this country. Yeah, the big winner last night was President Trump again. There's no doubt. I mean, if people are watching that, unless you're a red meat Democrat, you're looking at that and you say, you got to be kidding me. And even the Democrats, I think, I mean, they're for anyone who's genuinely reasonable and cares about this country at all, even if there are policy differences even if you know they absolutely can't stand President Trump, they have to be thinking. But but this is the alternative, really. And you know, and we're seeing actually at the Trump campaign um, that because of all of the uh, the great fulfillments and accomplishments of President Trump, um, there are a lot of Democrats that are actually uh, pro-Trump now, which is yep. which is so great because they're seeing that he is a president for all Americans. And I think that that was displayed even more last night. Yeah. Let's just for a moment think. 
you had last night the Democrats on stage in South Carolina looking like kids in a food fight, and you had the President of the United States in front of 120,000 Indians in India just wowing everybody. I mean, you can't get much much uh, difference than that. Yeah, the contrast is is very palpable. And, you know, for anyone, I've I've been uh, privileged to go with the president to a number of the rallies and, you know, to just uh, see how much love and support is behind him. Because when he walks into those arenas uh, to that song, Proud to be an American, it's just such a wonderful moment of coming together and recognizing that, you know, he is one of us and he cares about America. He cares about Americans, he cares about um, their stories, their, um, their well-being, the well-being of our country. And um, to just see the, the united uh, just effort that's behind this president is really remarkable. And uh, that is, that's something that we see all over the country. And you don't see any of that uh, motivation or respect at all from uh, anyone who who is behind any of these candidates, if if they're even behind these candidates. You know, I thought it was also interesting with a lot of the responses that uh, that these candidates last night had on stage. Uh, they paused at those moments, expecting applause, and there weren't any. <laughs> there were there were a number of those moments where they just kind of continued awkwardly because it was almost like the audience just really wasn't sure how to react to them. You know, you don't have the motivation um, behind anyone other than Bernie. I mean, he does have um, his Bernie bros. He has, um, you know, a number of followers that he's gathered over the years. But but even then, I think that that is really sincerely um, uniting the rest of the country, which is, uh, most and you know people who actually understand what America is all about that we're not a socialist country and saying okay if that is possibly where the Democratic Party is heading even more so uh, the reasonable Democrats are saying we are voting for Donald Trump yeah did you see where he tried to explain again why uh, he thought Cuba was great about literacy and education and whatnot and he got booed and that you could see that that shook him up yeah, yeah. And seeing that, you know, even on stage there in, you know, what should have been a um, a sort of home crowd. I mean, there in, in South Carolina, people are just are, are thinking, no, this is this is unreasonable. This is un-American and this is not something that we're going to cheer for. And um, and good, good for that audience for clearly indicating to him you may. You may need to reconsider here. <laughs> yeah, let me let me give you who I thought were the top three in the debate last night. I think Sanders finished number one for the simple reason that he didn't he didn't inflict any any serious wounds on himself, nor did anybody else. Number two, I thought Elizabeth Warren did well yesterday, and then Biden. Well, at least he knew he was running for president, so I gave him uh, <laughs> I gave him number three. What, what was your take from it? Who did you see as one, two, and three? Well, you know, honestly, one, two, and three all went to Donald Trump. Well, yeah, I agree with that. There was nobody on there. But, um, but you know, but in all fairness, I think that probably um, even though he was booed and even though, um, you know, it's, 
it's uh, it's really a sad thing that he's leading right now. I do think that Bernie Sanders is still probably the one to beat for the nomination. But, um, you know, other than that, I really didn't see anyone come out very strong. I mean, Elizabeth Warren in the first couple of moments, just knowing that Bernie uh, is the front runner, she seemed to align herself with him and say, you know, Bernie and I share these, you know, these ideas and we together. And, you know, she aligned herself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought that was a very, very bad move on her part. Um, that she's going not just progressive, but basically saying, you know, I'm a communist too, but better. Um, yeah. so that was that to me was very a very poor strategy on her part. Um, she came across as uh, very argumentative and almost desperate. Um, you know, Biden, of course, I think is is faltering a lot. Uh, Buttigieg is not saying anything remarkable or memorable. Um, you know, he almost looks like he's just. Uh, full of air up there. He has he has nothing really to say. And I thought it was very interesting that uh, Klobuchar um, actually was talking favorably about a number of President Trump's accomplishments. Yes, you know, she talking did. Talking about the First Step Act. Um, you know, so she was she was the one up there almost. You know, saying President Trump's great, but I can't say that out loud. So, um, so I think the only one who actually did themselves any favors at all. Uh, was Bernie Sanders, and he's unfortunately probably the one to beat. And I don't know what the DNC is thinking right now, but they have to be panicking. Yeah, they have to. What do you take of the story? I know I saw it yesterday. I don't know if you did, that there's a possibility that Sanders and Warren might be, uh, you know, Sanders president. His running mate would be Warren. What do you think about that? Well, I don't think that that gets any um, any more votes necessarily for Bernie for the people who are not going to vote no. for an Nevada communist, you know. And I think that there's always <laughs> there's always a lot of chatter about, um, you know, oh well, will the two front runners unite and become this, you know, joint ticket? Um, you know, we saw that in 2016 when everyone was contemplating, well, you know, will Ted Cruz be the VP? And I think it's way too early at this point to. Uh, to really consider that. And, um, and for Bernie, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate that, you know, he was saying in a media interview that um, he's for equality and all of these things, uh, you know, shouldn't matter. Um, and, and then, uh, or, or should matter. And then at the same time said, he's not going to pick, um, you know, a, a white man for VP. And so he's basically saying that he's going to choose identity politics over the most qualified person. If he thinks that, um, you know, the most qualified person happens to be a white male, which is, uh, you know, very unfortunate for him. And he's, of course, talking out of both sides of his mouth like the left does all the time. So, yeah, I uh, would agree with that. Yeah. Our guest is Jenna Ellis. She's the senior legal advisor for Trump 2020. I got two more questions for her, and I'm going to let her go this morning. It's awful early. But the bottom line is this. Who drops out after next Tuesday? What do you think? I've got my list I have on here that Klobuchar is on life support right now. I believe Buttigieg is getting on life support. I think money's drying up for him mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I guess the, the, the four that I see surviving, Sanders, Bloomberg, Warren, and Biden. Bloomberg, but only because he's he's uh, got the money to keep on going. Biden's going to be running on fumes. He His money's drying up. Right. And I would agree that those are probably the four. Um, if Biden even survives past Super Tuesday, 
Um, and, you know, I, I think that, that you're right in those, in those top three. And it's interesting that uh, Warren will probably only survive past Super Tuesday because she's now reversed her position and agreed to uh, take money from Super PACs because she's right. not seeing um, a lot of money coming in elsewhere. So it's interesting that, you know, the Democrats always promise, uh, you know, their values and their ethics. But then as soon as they need something different, they'll change position and they'll <laughs> they'll say, oh, never mind. I, you know, I found a new ethic now. So that just shows how, uh, you know, how full of it she is. Um, so but I but I do think that, um, you know, certainly Sanders and Bloomberg will survive only because Bloomberg is self-funding. So let's say we get we get done and and i believe sanders is going to get the nomination whether the democrats want him or not they're going to get stuck with him and if that happens down ticket could be a disaster for the democratic party which means we might be able to strike and take back the house that's the hope and you know especially as we've seen um over the last two years the do nothing democrats as president trump always calls them and how they have just continued to be the party of obstruction. Um, that would be the best possible outcome for this country is uh, for the Republicans to retake the House so that we can actually get some things done on behalf of the American people and continue with uh, the country's agenda and uh, to not have any more of these you know, ridiculous um, impeachment inquiries over absolutely nothing. And, um, you know, if, if the DNC does allow Bernie Sanders to get the nomination, um, that's not going to be helpful for them at all. But if they don't, I think that they're going to have, um, you know, a really serious conflict um, and fracturing in their party. So, you know, either way, it's not looking good for them. But I think that Republicans need to make sure that, I um, mean, you know, everyone who does not want um, a communist or, you know, any of these people to get into office um, who are not qualified, we need to make sure that we turn out and vote that we have as strong of a showing uh, for President Trump on Election Day, um, you know, as great as 2016 and even greater. We need to get out and vote, and we also need to vote down ticket. Um, and on the state level, all of that absolutely matters. Absolutely. Jenna Ellis, the uh, Senior Legal Advisor, Trump 2020. Thank you for the time this morning. Have a great day. Thank we'll you. talk to you a little further down the uh, campaign. Sounds good. Thanks for All righty. Bye-bye now. All right. Got to get your traffic for you, get your weather for you. Let's do that. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. And here's your first traffic. You know, there are ways that can help you get more income from Social Security. Uh, that Social Security Administration is not going to tell you these things. They're just not. They're, they're by law. They're told that they can't share this stuff for, with you. So what you need to do is to learn the strategies at an educational event. And the best one I can suggest to you is the Maximizing Social Security with David Lucas. Now, I've known David for uh, over a decade, and he knows the stuff, and he really knows the stuff about Social Security. In just two hours, you're going to learn why 96% of Americans lose an average of about $111,000 in Social Security benefits over their retirement, how you could avoid triggering higher taxes and Medicare premiums. Plus, if you're eligible for additional benefits, that could put thousands of dollars in your pocket every year. Now, the event is Thursday, March the 5th at 6 p.m. over in North Little Rock. 
Tickets are 20 bucks, but there's only room for 31 people. So you need to call today and get set up for this. Uh, if you've saved more than $250,000 and you've not filed for Social Security, call to reserve your seat now. You can do it right now. Somebody, a live person may not be there right now, but you can leave a message and, and get yourself on the list. Uh, give them a call at 501-222-3315. That's uh, 501-222-3315. One more time. 501-222-3315. Do that uh, today. You want to make sure you can do that. Uh, before I get into some other uh, information for you, let me remind you about our uh, Noah and the Ark tour uh, that is coming up. Be watching our Facebook page, mine, uh, you know, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show. Look for uh, 101.1 FM, The Answer Facebook page. Go to our website. Go to our sister station websites and uh, check out. We just we just uh, finished putting together a video that you can look at and uh, gives you some great pictures to look at and know what you'd be getting out of this trip. It's going to be a fantastic uh, trip. I've, I've done these trips with Gina over at Little Rock Tours uh, for well over 15 years, and they're always fantastic. This is an adventure from Noah's story to his ark. It's a one-of-a-kind itinerary that includes Branson, which uh, takes you, we take you up there. We're going to take you to Sight and Sound. We're going to take you on a backstage tour so you can see how they do their musicals see all of the great sound system they got, the light system they got. You'll be standing there next to the uh, the sets at some tower up to four stories above you, and uh, you'll get to see all of that up close and personal. They also bring out some of the animals for you to meet, and they talk about how they train them for uh, the different shows. And then uh, we're going to go see uh, the the story of Noah, uh, in their presentation, they have the musical. Uh, we've got a couple of other shows that we're going to go uh, enjoy. We're going to go to the K, uh, the Clay Cooper show, which will feature, uh, you know, Brooke uh, Martin, who you've heard on my show before. She'll be performing there, and New and uh, New Jersey Nights that one as well. Then we'll be off to Kentucky to the uh, Ark uh, Encounter. We overnight along the way. We get to experience a safari tour at Grant's Farm in St. Louis. Uh, our final two nights, you get to enjoy a dinner cruise on the Belle of Louisville, which is the last true Mississippi River steamboat, then a full day to experience the Ark uh, in- Encounter. And you'll need a whole day. You, This is built to the size of the Ark as specified in biblical scripture, and it's huge. Uh, it, it really just rocked me the first time I saw this, how big this really, really is. And you're going to see this massive structure, the incredible workmanship uh, of the hull. Uh, they didn't use nails, okay? They built it like they would have back then. It's like the wooden pegs and all of that kind of stuff. It's incredible. And you'll learn a lot. You'll learn how they feed all those animals, how they get all those animals in there, all that on uh, uh, th- this tour. So think about that. Sign up today for it. Let me run through. It's nine ninety five double occupancy. The price includes motor coach transportation, 
six days, five nights, uh, lodging, eight meals, the Ark Encounter in Kentucky, Noah the Musical in Branson, behind-the-scenes tour of uh, Sight and Sound Theater, the Clay Cooper Show, New Jersey Night Show, the Safari Tour at Grant's Farm, the Louisville Dinner Cruise on the Bell of Louisville, all your taxes, all of that through Little Rock Tours. Call 501-868-7287 or go to littlerocktours.com. 25 minutes till 7. It's 39 degrees out. There's a little bit of a wind blowing today, so it feels a little cooler than that 39 degrees. Looking uh, today at about a 20% chance of a shower before noon. Uh, Mostly cloudy skies today, high near 47. Tomorrow, sunny, a high near 60 degrees. So much nicer day tomorrow uh, than it will be today. So just bring you up to that. Uh, Taking a look at our day in history, some interesting things have happened this day in history. Uh, Take you back uh, eight years to February 26, 2012. And uh, Trayvon Martin. An African-American teen walking home from a trip to a convenience store was fatally shot by George Zimmerman, a neighborhood watch volunteer patrolling the townhouse community of the retreat at Twin Lakes in Sanford, Florida. Uh, Zimmerman claimed to have shot the unarmed 17-year-old out of self-defense Uh, During a physical altercation, when the police did arrive after the shooting, there were no witnesses. Uh, He was bleeding from his nose and had several cuts on the back of his head uh, that he said he sustained in a fight with Martin. Uh, The case sparked protests across the nation, ignited national debates about racial profiling and self-defense laws. Zimmerman later was charged with second-degree murder following a high-profile trial that uh, many in America watched. He was acquitted of all the charges against him. So that happened February 26th, back in 2012. At 12.18 p.m. back in 1993 on this day, a terrorist bomb exploded in a parking garage of the World Trade Center in New York leaving a crater 60 feet wide and causing the collapse of several steel-reinforced concrete floors in the vicinity of the blast. Although the terrorist bomb failed to critically damage the main structure of the uh, skyscrapers, six people were killed and more than 1,000 were injured. The World Trade Center itself suffered more than $500 million in damage. After the attack, authorities evacuated 50,000 people from the buildings, hundreds of whom were suffering from smoke inhalation, and the evacuation lasted the whole afternoon. City authorities and the Federal Bureau of Investigation undertook a massive manhunt for the suspects, and within days, Several radical Islamic fundamentalists were arrested. In March of 94, Muhammad Salaman, uh, Ahmad Aji, Nidel Ayad, and Mahmoud Abu Halima were convicted by a federal jury 
for their role in the bombing, and each was sentenced to life in prison. Salome, a Palestinian, was arrested when he went to retrieve the $400 deposit he'd left for the rider rental van used in the attack. They never said that that people who do this stuff were smart, did they, Zach? Think about that. You go back to get your deposit. What an idiot. Just an idiot. Uh, the mastermind of the attack, uh, Ramzi Ahmed Youssef, remained at large until February 95 when he was arrested in Pakistan. He had previously been in the Philippines and in the computer he left there uh, were found terrorist plans that included a plot to kill Pope John Paul II and a plan to bomb 15 American airliners in 48 hours. On the flight back to the United States, Yusuf reportedly admitted to a Secret Service agent that he had directed the Trade Center attack from the beginning and even claimed to have set the fuse that exploded the 1,200-pound bomb. His only regret, listen closely to this, his only regret, the agent quoted Yusuf saying was that the 110-story tower did not collapse into its twin as planned a catastrophe that would have caused thousands of deaths. That wouldn't happen until 9-11 and 01. And, of course, both towers came down at that time and resulted in thousands of deaths. In November of 97, Yusef uh, was convicted in a courtroom only a few blocks away from the Twin Towers and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Only one other man believed to be directly involved in the attack, Iraqi Abdul Rahman Yassin, remains at large. It says that the structural steel of the skyscrapers could not withstand the tremendous heat back on September 11th generated by the burning jet fuel. And both collapsed within two hours of being struck. Close to 3,000 people died in the World Trade Center and its vicinity including a staggering 343 firefighters, 23 policemen who were people in the World Trade Center towers at the time of their collapse, survived. Almost 10,000 other people were treated for injuries, many severe, and still a lot of people are suffering from breathing in all of that uh, dust and uh, debris from the collapse of those buildings. When we come back, I'll tell you two national parks, 10 years apart, starting in 1919 and then again in 1929, uh, were made national parks. And uh, they're very famous national parks. I've been to both of them, and they are absolutely outstanding. And then uh, I'll take you back to 1968 uh, on this day and what was found after uh, the Tet Offensive. Got more to talk about. Let's get a break here. Let's get to your traffic. I want to get you to that because I know that you need it as you're starting to make most of you starting to make your trek into the city uh, for work. Uh, it's 101.1 FM, the answer. It's 39 degrees. We did go up a degree. 642. Let's get your traffic right now. All right. So I, I told you I'd tell you about a couple of national parks, and, and they're really uh, gems for us here in the United States. If we go back to 1919, two national parks were established in the United States, but they were established 10 years apart. 
the first one in 1919 was the Grand Canyon. Uh, located in northwestern Arizona, the Grand Canyon is the product of millions of years of excavation by the mighty Colorado River. The chasm is exceptional. Uh, it's uh, deep. It drops more than a mile into the earth and is 15 miles across at its widest point. The canyon is home to more than 1,500 plant species and over 500 animal species, and many of them are endangered or unique to the area. And its steep, multicolored walls tell the story of uh, years and years of Earth's history. In 1540, members of an expedition sent by the Spanish explorer Coronado became the first Europeans to discover the canyon, uh, though because of its remoteness, the area was not further explored until 300 years later. American geologist uh, John Wesley Powell, who popularized the term Grand Canyon in the 1870s, became the first person to journey the entire length of the gorge in 1869. And uh, the har- the harrowing voyage that he made uh, was made in four rowboats. He destroyed three of them as he was going through. He needed four to get through. So in January of 08, U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt designated more than 800,000 acres of the Grand Canyon a national monument. It was designated a national park under President Woodrow Wilson on this day in 1919. Ten years later to the day, President Calvin Coolidge signed into law a bill passed by both houses of the U.S. Congress establishing the Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming, uh, home to some of the most stunning alpine scenery in the United States, the territory in and around Grand Teton National Park, also has a colorful human history. The first Anglo-American to see the saw-edged Teton Peaks is believed to be John Coulter. After traveling with Lewis Clark to the Pacific, Coulter left the expedition during its return trip down the Missouri in 1807 to join two fur traders uh, headed back into the wilderness. He spent the next three years wandering through the northern Rocky Mountains eventually finding his way into the valley at the base of the Tetons, which would later become Jackson Hole. And then other adventurers followed in uh, Coulter's footsteps, including the French-Canadian trappers who gave the mountain range the body name of Grand Tetons, which means big breasts in, uh, in French. For decades, trappers, outlaws, traders, Indians passed through Jackson Hole, but it was not until 1887 that settlers established the first permanent habitation. The high northern valley with its short growing season was ill-suited for farming, but the early settlers found it ideal for grazing cattle. So uh, that's what they did. And then finally, something a little bit more serious. Uh, back in 1968 on this day, Allied troops who had recaptured the imperial capital of Wei from the North Vietnamese during the Tet Offensive discovered the first mass grave in Wei. You don't hear about 
this kind of history. You didn't even hear about it when the war was going on. It was discovered that communist troops who had held the city for 25 days had massacred about 2,800 civilians whom they identified as sympathizers with the government in Saigon. One authority estimated that communists might have killed as many as 5,700 people in way. The Tet Offensive had begun at dawn on the first day of the Tet Holiday Truce. That's January 30th when uh, Viet Cong forces, supported by large numbers of North Vietnamese regulars, launched the largest and best coordinated offensive of the war. During the attack, they drove into the center of South Vietnam, uh, Vietnam's seven largest cities, attacked 30 provincial capitals ranging from the Delta to the DMZ. Among cities taken during the first four days of the offensive were Way and uh, Wang Tri in the north. All five provincial capitals were overrun. At the same time, enemy forces shelled numerous Allied airfields and bases. By February 10th, we'd fought back. The offensive was largely crushed, but resulted in heavy casualties on both sides. I forget who the general was, was asked by, it seems, if I remember correctly, CBS News about losing uh, the Tet uh, Offensive and not inflicting casualties uh, on the enemy. And he says, I don't know what war you're paying attention to, but I've got North Vietnamese regulars piled up like firewood right over there. And he had over a thousand dead bodies. So uh, trying to get clear um, coverage of the Vietnam War was was uh, not easy, to say the least. Okay, let's uh, take a look. An Ohio Democrat is in trouble. A Cincinnati City Councilwoman is looking like she will face up to 50 years in prison after being arrested Tuesday on federal corruption charges, authorities say. Shortly after being taken in custody, uh, Tamaya Denard appeared in court in handcuffs and leg irons to face charges of honest services fraud. And that, that's kind of an oxymoron uh, take, isn't it? Honest services fraud, uh, bribery, and attempted extortion. Uh, in one instance, a source linked to a downtown development project who was cooperating with the FBI handed Denard a cashier's check for ten grand. Oh, that's perfect, Denard 40 is heard saying on a recording. Thank you. I'm going right to the bank with this. <laughs> yeah, she didn't try to didn't try to cover it up at all. Another time, uh, Denard allegedly requested fifteen grand. It would be awesome if this were initiated today, she said. After uh, Tuesday's hearing, Denard was released on her own recognizance, pending further court action, but was ordered to surrender her passport. Federal authorities allege Denard had requested sums of ten to fifteen thousand dollars for personal expenses from the source, a representative of a law firm linked to the development project along the Ohio River in downtown Cincinnati. That person then worked with the FBI 
to provide text messages and recorded conversations involving Denard between August and December of 2019, leading to her arrest. Denard engaged in a scheme to defraud the citizens of Cincinnati of her honest services as a council member, said FBI agent Nathan Holbrook. She engaged in acts and attempted acts of bribery and extortion, attempting to exchange her votes for money. Just goes to show, need to make sure whoever you're voting for, and I did that yesterday. I went out, voted in the primary in Cabot, where I live, and uh, voted for President Trump, of course, and, uh, and voted for the other folks that I wanted to see move on in the primary, and uh, made cast my vote about the, uh, the, the school system wanting to increase the millage increase. So uh, I won't say how I voted on those. Uh, I'll let you make your decisions on that. But when it came to the presidential, there's only one guy to vote for, and that's the incumbent. All right, so get out and vote. And don't vote for somebody just because, hey, I've known them for a long time. They're good friends. Your good friends may not be uh, the best person to vote for when it comes to, you know, policy. Make sure what they're, you know, running for. We'll get to the news at the top of the hour. We'll get you some uh, uh, traffic, give you a little weather. That's all coming your way. And then we're going to hear from Congressman French Hill on the other side of news. We'll be talking about his Golden Fleece Award today. Uh, They've uh, passed it out, so we'll find out who uh, he endowed with that. Monday's Veterans Advisory Council meeting a recent uh, feel-good casework victory for an Arkansas veteran. And then yesterday, the Senate voted on the Born Again Abortion Survivor, uh, Survivors Protection Act. And uh, the congressman is going to talk about how Democrats blocked that legislation in the House. And now remember, this had nothing to do with abortion. They said it had everything to do with abortion. It did not. This was about babies that had been born and being protected from being allowed to just lay on a cart and die. So we're going to talk about that coming up in just a few moments with, uh, with the Congressman. He'll join us at about seven Oh six. So, uh, do we have a little bit of traffic that we can give everybody there, Zach? No, not until after the news. Okay. So, Got to wait to after news. We'll give you the latest in in traffic. And uh, as far as weather goes, I can tell you right now, 39 degrees, a 20% chance of rain before noon today, mostly cloudy, a high near 47. We're going to have northwesterly winds at 10 to 15. Tonight, mostly clear, a low around 29. Tomorrow, sunny, a high near 60. And then uh, Friday, sunny with a high near uh, 57. Over the weekend, just give you a quick look at it on Saturday, sunny, a high near 65. West winds around 5 miles per hour becoming south-southwesterly in the afternoon. So sounds like we're going to have a pretty good uh, weekend, perhaps. A little bit of rain on Sunday from what I've understood. But uh, moving towards uh, springtime, sounds like to me, I was talking uh, to somebody, and they said next week uh, the highs are going to be in the low 60s all week long. 
be some rain. Got to have rain to have the spring. Got to get the flowers up, all the rest. So we'll come back after the uh, news at the top of the hour, and we'll, we'll talk to District 2 Congressman French Hill. Welcome, Congressman French Hill, to the show. I told you that he would join us right after the news. He is with us by phone. Congressman, how are you? Did you watch any of the debate last night? Well, I saw some of the highlights. Congressman Crawford and I had a group of Arkansans in town. We had to take you out to dinner last night, so I didn't get the the full uh, pleasure of watching the food fight (laughs) live. It was a food fight, let me tell you. It was crazy. By the way, uh, Joe Biden, who had said that he was running for the Senate earlier this week in South Carolina, last night said uh, from 2007 to uh, 2020, uh, 150 million Americans have been killed uh, by handguns. And it's just outright (laughs) carnage on the streets of America. I did a little research. We're averaging about 11,000 deaths by by uh, firearms, so that would be 143,000, not 150 million. Um, Uncle Joe just can't get it right, can he? Well, it's, uh, you know, they, they all <laughs> seem to struggle with the facts, and uh, I just, uh, between how to pay for Bernie's issues and, these uh, seven sanctimonious people from uh, all over the country trying to talk about out uh, outdo each other on every topic. I don't know. It's uh, I think President Trump looked pretty good last night. Oh, yeah. He's the big winner. There's no doubt about it. Of course, when you talk about money with Bernie Sanders, he says, ah, just nickels and dimes. No big deal. All right, yeah, so I look forward to watching his <laughs> I look forward to watching his campaign appearances in South Florida. Yeah, I get I, I agree <laughs> with that. Let's talk about the Golden Fleece Award. It's back and uh did you did you give it to somebody this week? 
Boy, the big winner uh, this month is the Department of Defense. Now, there is no greater, uh, more Byzantine bureaucracy in Washington than DOD. Yeah. They make an effort, obviously, to contract with small businesses, and particularly with uh, service-connected disabled veteran small businesses. I know that's a mouthful, but that's one of their obligations. And we found that uh, uh, through looking through uh, audit arrangements that they found 27 contracts valued almost a uh, billion dollars just to 16 different companies, and none of them qualified. And they go through a bunch of justification about why they didn't qualify when, unfortunately for DOD, the list of qualified service-connected disabled veteran-owned small businesses is, guess where? On the VA's website. What a big surprise. Uh, you know, so this is the <laughs> this is a combination uh, Golden Fleece Duh Award for DOD. I I got what you're saying. All right, Monday's Veterans Advisory Council uh, big meeting. What did you talk about? You know, we do uh, uh, these meetings about four times a year all around the district. We were up in Rosebud. We had veterans from Faulkner, White, and Van Buren counties. Uh, and we talked about uh, some victories, first of all. We talked about that the Mission Act is working. Uh, they talked about how they were able to get uh, good health care uh, near their local town and not have to drive into Little Rock to the VA, and that seemed to be working well. That's uh, over the f- uh, five years I've been in Congress. That's the first time I've heard uh, some success stories on the Mission Act. We talked about the victory over eliminating the widow's tax so that mm-hmm. President Trump signed in law at Christmas time, which is something that affects 66,000 families in the United States where widows were not able to get the full benefit of their spouse's uh, veteran's benefits. But we talked about continuing uh, challenges, and we had the VA there to answer claims questions and disability questions. So it was a good, open discussion. I was glad the VA uh, representatives joined me for that lunch. Yeah, explain to the listeners about your uh, Veterans Advisory Council. How often do they meet, and what exactly do you all take up? Well, we welcome uh, veterans. We have over 50,000 veterans in the 2nd Congressional District. We try to get together at least four times a year at a different place around the seven counties, and we take up any issue on their mind. So if we're looking for casework, so we have veterans who come who have a problem with the VA, and we have them fill out a privacy release, and we go to work on uh, (laughs) representing their case. And then we also talk about uh, legislative challenges that they have and that they'd like to see uh, uh, repaired as well from uh, getting something changed in legislation. So it's always a wide-ranging discussion. In those, you know, years ago, we'd hear about uh, Blue Water Navy, those who served in Vietnam, who served offshore, who had Agent Orange exposure. And uh, that came up in meeting after meeting. And last year, President Trump signed into law the Blue Water Navy Act uh, that makes sure that those who had Agent Orange exposure in Vietnam are now taken care of by the VA. And finally, let's talk about over in the Senate, they voted on the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Now, let's be clear here. This has nothing to do with abortion. This has everything to do with live babies that has been have been, uh, uh, you know, born. It's just amazing to me that uh, uh, 
you know, Manchin and some others voted against this. So what do you think is the end game of the Democrats on this? Well, this is a sad state of affairs when it comes to protecting those who need our protection the most. In the House, we've tried 80 times to have this bill discharged and come to the House floor for a vote. Wow. We are still 14 Democrats short. We have 204 members of the House, including three or four Democrats that have joined us asking for this discharge petition to bring it to the floor. Ben Sass, uh, the senator uh, from Nebraska, bought the bill up in the Senate, and he fell uh, – I think three votes short of the 60 necessary uh, to block a filibuster to bring it up. Look, this doesn't do anything except if a baby is born alive due to a botched abortion, that's all we're talking about, that they get the same life-giving care from physicians and healthcare professionals uh, that a baby born prematurely Mm -hmm. would get. This is all we're talking about. And there are protections in there for the mom. uh, And there are protections in there, obviously, for this baby that's born alive. And 77 percent of Americans support this. And the Democratic Party in the House and Senate are whipping votes against it. I mean, it is um, sad. Well, the Democrats, it's just part of their their uh, their platform. Reproductive freedom is what they call it. I call it murder, but they call it reproductive freedom. And this is a situation where where a child has been born, been born. And then I guess they get what they call, what is it, uh, in certain hospitals, compassionate care, where they put it on a cart and put a blanket around it and then let it die. Yeah, this was, you know, actually – I don't want to be too strong here, but both the governor of New York and the governor of Virginia both signed legislation to authorize exactly that last year. There was just Mm -hmm. a cry of outrage across the country. And Governor Northam in Virginia, the man who's been so discredited in so many ways, is a medical doctor. Uh, So I think people reacted just like you would expect. This is virtually just unheard of that you would allow a baby born alive to simply be wrapped up in a blanket on a table in a hospital OR and left to expire. It's horrible. Yeah, it's beyond horrible. It really, really is. Well, Congressman, I know that you have a lot of things to get to today, so we're going to cut our conversation short. I thank you for joining us today. You bet, Dave. And uh, let's just hope that the Democrats keep doing their thing up on the stages of, of uh, before they go into these uh, – you know, primary elections, because it just, you know, the president's going to come out on the top every time. We'll know a lot next week when we visit. It'll be after Super Tuesday. It will be. And I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick show. He was very busy today. Asked if he could get out by no later than 18 after. And I told him that's no problem. Uh, There was no real big news story other than the last one that we talked about don't you find that just unbelievable i mean seriously unbelievable a baby that is born alive during a uh, uh, an abortion and and you know think about it up to a few moments before it was supposed to die but it didn't it lived but they're saying now we'll extend out from that 
And because the mother didn't want the child, will wrap it in a blanket, lay it on a table, and let it perish. That is, that's beyond disgusting. And it should give us all pause to consider what is going on in our nation. 18 after 7, let's get a a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's 39 degrees, going up for a high today of about 47. There's still a small chance of rain before noon. And uh, tomorrow, sunny skies and a high close to 60. So it's, uh, it's looking pretty good out there, to be honest, as far as the weather is concerned. But I know you want to know about the traffic. Why are you seeing those taillights? Well, let's find out here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. 39 degrees. We're uh, sitting at 22 minutes past 7 o'clock on a Wednesday. It is hump day, over the hill day. We are now closer to Friday than we were on Monday. That's always a good thing. Coming up uh, in the rest of the show, uh, taking a look at topics that are out there that ask to be talked about we'll be doing that up until eight and then at eight o'clock uh, Chuck, uh duck and joe uh, are going to drop by and we'll talk about uh, car problems uh, new information you need to know uh, about cars and things of that nature over the weekend we talked about how uh, electric cars are beginning to get uh, some real uh, traction amongst the public and uh, i'll talk to joe and duck about that uh, the, the transition is going to be very interesting as that happens because so many things are going to have to happen uh, to make electric cars the car uh, for the American public. First of all, you're going to have to have the infrastructure for it. You're going to have to have charging stations everywhere so people can charge up. I mean, you can have the one in your garage and, but, you know, and, and, and if you're only going to have an electric car to go to and from uh, work, that's not any problem. But if you're going to travel with your car, that will be a problem. So uh, that's something that has to be taken care of. Uh, you know, what are you going to do when the batteries go bad? They have to be, you know, they have to be gotten rid of. And you don't want, to, you know, things to be seeping into the earth that uh, you know destroys the water supply or whatever so there's a lot of things that need to be uh, discussed about that before i believe they're going to become just uh, an everyday kind of thing if you didn't get a chance to watch the uh, debate last night democrat presidential candidate joe biden and you know his his campaign has been taken some major hits over the last few weeks and he's fading uh as a viable candidate falsely claimed and nobody challenged him on this nobody nobody on stage challenged him and uh that just amazed me but uh he falsely claimed last night that 150 million americans one that's half of the population of this country all right have been killed since 2007 from shootings i'm going to just quote him here i don't have the sound i just i have to quote him 150 million people have been killed since 2007 
when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability, Biden lied. More than all the wars, including Vietnam, from that point on, carnage on our streets. And I want to tell you, if I'm elected, the NRA, I'm coming for you. And gun manufacturers, I'm going to take you on and I'm going to beat you. Biden's claim was, of course, wildly uh, false as he just kind of made it up on the spot. Roughly 11,000 Americans are killed every year from gun-related homicides. Let me read that to you again. Roughly 11,000 Americans are killed every year from gun-related homicides. Take 11, let's see, we're talking 2020, so 13. So take 11,000 times 13, and you have 143,000. That is a long way away from 150 million that, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Joe had to say last night during uh, the debate. And uh, earlier yesterday, former White House doctor Ronnie Jackson said that Biden's mental state was scary. He said that uh, what he needed to do was to undergo cognitive testing. And I don't think that I would, you know, deny that. I mean, just earlier in the, the week, he said that he was running for Senate, not running for, you know, president. I'm running. Hi, I'm Joe Biden. I'm running for the United States Senate. That's what he said. Big rally. Crazy stuff. Just crazy, crazy stuff. Bernie, he says crazy stuff, and everybody just says, well, it's Bernie. You know, you, know, you got, are there friends that you have that do stupid stuff, and you go, well, that's just them. You know, that's just the way they are. They do stupid stuff. But let me just ask you, do you want one of those people as the president of the United States? I don't. Here's what Bernie said. Bernie Sanders, the front runner in the race for the Democratic nomination for president, said last night that he wants to help minorities start businesses to sell drugs. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. He said this, quote, I'll tell you what else we're going to do. We're going to provide help to the African-American, Latino, Native American communities to start businesses so they can sell legal marijuana rather than let a few corporations control the legalized marijuana market. I don't know even what to say after that. I'm surprised that he didn't say we'll let them sell cocaine as well. Just crazy, crazy things that the Democrats are saying. Uh, and uh, Bernie's leading the pack on all of that. And then when anybody challenges him on the cost of his stuff, and I played this yesterday, uh, we're just talking, you know, nickels and dimes. Nickels and dimes. You know, if you can say $70 trillion is nickel and dimes, uh, you have really lost your marbles uh, as far as that's concerned. Like I said, I, I, I'm amazed as I listen to these people 
And my dad's voice keeps popping up in my head and saying, you know, son, I don't have a money tree in the backyard. Evidently, these people think that there is a money tree in the backyard. And a lot of you who support Bernie Sanders evidently believe that there's a money tree. I mean, you didn't get in debt to go to college because people forced you to go into debt. You decided to go into debt. Your bad choice. All right, let's hear from Rush. All right, let's get back and and talk further about uh, what's been going on as far as uh, uh, these uh, things that, well, we talk about them all the time here on the station, and then we hear the politicians talking about them. Yesterday, uh, if you were part of the Dave Ellswick show at the 8 o'clock hour, we had Lieutenant, or not Lieutenant Colonel, we had Colonel um, Conrad Reynolds on, and we were talking about uh, what was going on in Afghanistan, and I was uh, talking about how the administration wants to move in the direction of peace talks. And yesterday, uh, Pompeo, Secretary of State, came out and talked about that. Cut one. Today I want to make remarks on situations that have been developing uh, while I was away working, first in Afghanistan. Last year, I described the three principles underpinning President Trump's foreign policy, realism, restraint, and respect. All of these apply to Afghanistan and what we're doing there. It's a place where our brave soldiers, diplomats, allies, and Afghan counterparts have served and sacrificed now for nearly two decades. So first, we have to be realistic. We're proud of our gains, but our generals have determined that this war is unlikely to be won militarily without tremendous additional resources. All sides are tired of fighting. We've arrived at a historic opportunity for peace. It won't be easy to obtain. We should seize the moment. Then there's restraint. We're currently in a seven-day reduction in violence period that started on February 22nd. In 19 years of war, this is the first week-long break in violence by all sides if we're successful in achieving it. If and only if it's successful. We will sign the U.S. Taliban agreement coordinated with the government of national unity on or about February 29th. That includes a timeline for both a conditions-based and phased troop withdrawal and for the commencement of inter-Afghan negotiations. These negotiations, if they take place, will be the first time that Afghans representing all sides of the conflict will sit down together and begin the hard work of reconciliation. Lastly, respect. The Taliban must respect the agreement specifically regarding the promises of severing ties with terrorists. We're not required to leave unless they can demonstrate they're fulfilling every element of their end of the bargain. This agreement also entails respect for the Afghan people. It's a declaration that the future of their country resides in their hands, not ours. All right, so there's a perfect example why you should listen to this show. We were way ahead of power curve. I mean, I set up Colonel Conrad Reynolds come on two days uh, before yesterday. I set it up over the weekend. And I had gotten some information about this and uh, was very interested to see what he had to say about it because he spent so much time over there. And uh, so you just heard it. We're going to have to see how it plays out. We'll see if this week, number one, can this week go by where there's no uh, no violence. Uh, that would be something uh, 
else if it, if it could happen. Interesting statement last night by Michael Bloomberg during the debate. Democrat presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg said during the CBS News debate Tuesday that, quote, quote he bought the Democrats' majority in the House of Representatives. His words, not mine. He bought the Democrats' majority in the House of Representatives. Bloomberg said, let's just go on the record here. They talk about 40 Democrats, 21 of those were people that I spent $100 million to help get elected. All of the new Democrats that came in but Nancy and put Nancy Pelosi in charge and gave the Congress the ability to control the president, I bought. I got them. He said it. I'm not saying it. He said it. The New York Times highlighted how Bloomberg's massive spending helped tilt the scales in the favor of the Democrats in 2018. Quote, but in this year's midterm elections, Mr. Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, emerged as a powerful and effective force as well as the biggest outsider spender promoting Democratic House candidates, according to disclosures filed with the FEC. And while it's impossible to conclude that any one factor tipped the balance in a race, Mr. Bloomberg appears to have reaped the benefits of his millions in giving. Democrats won 21 of the 24 races he sought to influence. Of those 12, of those 12 had been considered either toss-ups or in Republican districts. Interesting. So uh, he went out to change the House, and he did with $100 million. $100 million. What he did. Just keep that in, in mind. Okay, keep that in mind. Now, here's an interesting story for you. You eat Hot Pockets, Zach? Oh, yeah, you love them? They're good? I tend to eat them once in a while. Uh, but little did struggling college students know they were funding an academic swindler when they were stocking up on their favorite microwavable meal for the semester. Michelle Janis, J-A-N-A-V-S, heiress to the Hot Pockets fortune, was sentenced to five months in prison for her role in Operation Varsity Blues. Prosecutors sought two years in prison, referring to her as one of the most culpable parents in the college bribery scandal. The judge settled on just five months. Her family developed hot pockets, admitted to paying Rick Singer, the consultant at the center of the scandal. And by the way, Rick Singer, what a scumbucket. You know that that guy had parents that had you know children that they wanted to get into some of the elite institutions of this country. They would pay him as much as a million dollars to get their kids into school, but they paid him a hundred thousand dollars to have a proctor correct her daughter's ACT exam answers. Correct means cheat. All right, just 
consider that. She also paid $200,000 to have one of her daughters labeled as a fake beach volleyball recruit at the University of Southern California. Now, let me just say that the University of Southern California, USC, is not one of the most elite colleges in America. It's kind of hard not to be able to get in to go to school there. Her sentence was worsened by the fact prosecutors hit her with a money laundering conspiracy charge. Her defense, however, attempted to lay the blame on Rick Singer, of course, allegedly uh, alleging that he used manipulative sales tactics to exploit her motherly concern, recommending that the court let uh, her shame and humiliation be punishment enough. The fallout from Michelle's actions stand as a beacon to others that illegal shortcuts shortcuts are her recipe for disaster, regardless of the punishment the court imposes on Michelle, her lawyer wrote. Speaking before the court, she expressed sorrow for her role in the scandal, saying, I'm so sorry I got caught. Oh, wait, she didn't say that. She said, I'm so very sorry I tried to create an unfair advantage for my children. She reports to prison on April 7th and is the 17th defendant sentenced in Operation Varsity Blues. Actress Lori Laughlin, Full House, has pled not guilty for her involvement in the scandal and will stand trial along with her husband in October of this year. That's going to be interesting, to say the least, because by going with a, a not guilty uh, declaration, she faces significant jail time. In April of last year, actress Felicity Huffman pleaded guilty for her role, confessing to paying $15,000 to an admissions consultant. Well, at least she got a decent deal. It was only fifteen grand for her, not 100000 or a million, uh, to an admissions consultant to manipulate her older daughter's SAT answers. In a statement at the time, Huffman said she accepted full responsibility for her actions and apologized. Quote, I am in full acceptance of my guilt and with deep regret and shame over what I have done, I accept full responsibility for my actions and will accept the consequences that stem from those actions. I am ashamed of the pain I have caused my daughter, my family, my friends, my colleagues, and the educational community. I want to apologize to them. I want to apologize to the students who work hard every day to get into college and to their parents who make tremendous sacrifices to support their children and do so honestly. My daughter knew absolutely nothing about my actions, and in my misguided and profoundly wrong way, I have betrayed her. This transgression toward her and the public I will carry for the rest of my life. My desire to help my daughter is no excuse to break the law or engage in dishonesty. As a result of her confession, she was sentenced to 14 days in prison while being ordered to pay a $30,000 fine, face a year of supervised release, and serve 250 hours of community service. Upon her release, Huffman pledged that she would do charity work to help women leaving prison. She's going to help them get in college. 
That's what she's going to do. All right, we'll, we'll take a break. we got more coming your way. we got traffic for you, 101.1 FM. The Answer, home of the Rush Limbaugh Show, Dave Ellswick Show, Sean Hannity Show, the place that you want to be for conservative topics where, where people meet to talk here in Arkansas. Here's your traffic, then we'll be back with more. Hey, coming up at uh, a little after 8, right after the news, Joe and Duck will be here answering your car questions. Don't forget the phone number to call in and talk to them, 823-0965. Uh, they'll give you the latest information as well today about the car show that's coming up in May. And I do believe that uh, Bumper to Bumper now has uh, a link where you can go to and you can register your car so we'll bring all that information to you in just a few moments here on dave ellswick show it's uh 39 degrees and uh, we're looking at nine minutes till eight o'clock uh for the rest of today still a slight chance of rain uh today might be a a cloud pass over and drop a shower on us it doesn't look that way right now looks like we might have avoided that kind of uh of of rain Rest of the day, mostly sunny, a high around uh, uh, 57 degrees. And then uh, tomorrow, sunny, a high of, uh, what does it say here, 60 degrees. And then Friday, sunny with a high near 60 degrees. So we are slowly making our way towards uh, springtime. I talked a little bit about this uh, with uh, Congressman French Hill uh, in the uh, 7 o'clock hour when he was on with us. But yesterday, Democrats in the U.S. Senate blocked a bill that would have required clinics and hospitals to provide basic medical treatment to infants that were born alive after failed abortions. Let's get this right now. They were born alive. They were out of the mother's womb. They were alive. This is this was a, a, a brand new life. Democrats tried to position the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act as a radical assault on the bodily autonomy of a woman and an intrusion of the government into medical decisions. But it had nothing of the sort to do with that. The, I, I always thought if you were a doctor that you took an oath that said you would do no harm to somebody who was alive. Now you have the most innocent life laying on a table in front of you and then you, you do what they call uh, compassionate care in some hospitals now where they write, wrap that baby up in, in a blanket and then they they let it put it on a table and let it die. They don't offer it any assistance at, uh, at all. Despite the hysteronics and claims from Democrats like Senator Gillibrand that the legislation would, quote, harm women. No, this only harms newly born babies. Uh, all the act would have done is prohibit abortionists from leaving infant children to die painful and unnecessary deaths after they've already been born. Now, you understand, now we're talking, we're not talking abortion. We're talking infanticide. 
That's what we're talking. We're talking about killing baby human beings. And you've got a party that won't come to their protection at all. You know, keep in mind that this is no clump of cells. Uh, The humans in question are infant children, fully developed, living, breathing, and outside of the womb. Democrats have now declared that even they should not have any legal protections. Even they can be discarded like trash. As always, the pro-infant side Democrats have the full support of the media, CNN, with no hint of irony, actually called babies born after abortions fetuses and distinguished them from newborn babies. Unbelievable. According to CNN, a newborn baby is a child that is born alive on purpose because his mother wants him. A child that is born alive accidentally because the mother doesn't want him is still just a fetus. The humanity of a baby even outside of the womb depends entirely on the mother's desires. It's going to be argued that this bill was unnecessary because babies so rarely manage to survive abortions. Well, if that's true, then why did they oppose it? And why claim that it's an attack on women's rights? But of course, it's not true. Hundreds of children have died after surviving abortion attempts. The current laws did not protect these victims. Abortionists may not be able to legally execute infants born alive, though Kermit Gosnell, who we've talked about many a time here on this show, did exactly that for decades before he was caught, but they can refuse to provide basic medical treatment to save the child's life. And that's exactly what has happened hundreds of times and will now continue to happen thanks to Senate Democrats. It should be noted that Democrats also blocked a bill that would have banned abortions after 20 weeks gestation. Babies at that stage can feel pain. At 22 weeks, they can survive outside the womb. Nobody is surprised by this move, but it again underscores the point that the Democrat Party is at this point nothing more than a whore of the abortion industry. It's morally corrupted, it's evil to its core, and it's an enemy of life and dignity. Now, I I gotta tell you, just if you vote Democrat, and I'm gonna just say this, if you're a Christian and you vote Democrat, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? That goes against everything that Scripture says. Everything everything and yet you support these murderous people these bloodthirsty ghouls unbelievable unbelievable and i would sure i sure hope i sure hope that if you're a woman and and you're in there for an abortion and the child lives that there's still enough compassion in you that at least you can say, let the child live, I'll give it up for adoption, but let that child live. All right, we got uh, some folks coming on. We got uh, Joe and Duck to be with us in just a moment. 
uh, here in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Show 1011 FM, The Answer, Home of the Rush Limbaugh Show, Sean Hannity Show, Dave Ellswick Show, all the shows that you want to listen to to keep up on uh, what's going on in our country and the world. We're here to keep it up with you. Of course, uh, we'll have uh, the, the good folks on uh, coming up at at uh, 9 o'clock. Gallagher will be here until 11, and then Jay Sekulow uh, from 5 until 6 o'clock. Sitting here and in the studio, Joe's here and Duck's here. They're ready to talk about cars. Over the weekend, guys, we talked a lot about electric cars, a lot in the news about electric cars. And I'm all about it. You know, I think it'd be cool if they can get it where they go further. That's what I want. I don't want one just to drive back and forth to work. But uh, if they could get it up to five, 600 miles, then I might be interested in one. But they got a lot of infrastructure work to do first. A lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot. They and got a lot. I mean, it I takes, mean, I'm, I'm reading, and the quickest I've seen for a full charge is 30 minutes. Yeah, and that's on a supercharger. Yeah. that's Most chargers going to take you three or four hours to get it built up. And that's fine <laughs> when you're at home and you pull in the garage and you, char- you, you, know, you hook up in Plug your garage. <laughs> but that's not all right when you're traveling. And so, let's say you stop for lunch. Well, everybody's got to stop for lunch, and you have stopped to fuel up. So most folks, when they're traveling, I think make a lunch stop and a fuel stop the same. So might be just a little bit of change on how you work your travel habits as far as that goes, Dave. Uh, you know, uh, there, there are some charging stations here in Little Rock. They're based off of uh, who's got them and where they're at by the registration of those vehicles. Right. If, for instance, if you go look at some of the Walmarts, some of them uh, in West Little Rock have them. Some of them have more than the others. And that's because the cars are registered, electric vehicles are registered around that area. So they look at zip They're going to shop there, yeah. And so those, those, you can go to one Walmart and it may have one or none. You can go to another and it may have seven or eight. That's why they're doing that. And I think you'll see that pick up quite a bit. And, and you know, if there's money in it, Polk's going to jump in there and do it real quick. Well, that's the key. 
you know, and how are you going to work it? What's what's the charge going to be for the charge? You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're going to charge for the charge. Well, they, well, sure they are, you know, but who and where and how it's done, I think all that's going to be up in the air a little bit till they get it uh, worked out, you know. And, and I can promise you they will, and it'll probably be to their benefit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to be to their benefit. And, and, and there again, Dave, I, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, and they brought up taxes. Now, how you tax that? How are you going to, you know, how, how are they going to say, okay, I drive 20,000 miles a year on Arkansas highways? Well, they've already done that, Duck, with registration. If you're on yeah. an electric vehicle, it's $100. But, but yeah, that's, that's not nearly enough as far as you know a gas yeah i mean car pays just, more than that in a year yeah in taxes because it's 30 i think 34 35 cents a gallon now on gasoline yeah i don't know what it is exactly i mean it's gone up three cents a gallon mm-hmm. beginning of this year yeah for six taxes. cents six cents for diesel yep and when, when you register your vehicle you have to put your mileage down I think they'll probably go to a mileage-based deal. Yeah, that's what I figured. They'll go by how many miles you drive, X amount of dollars. I'm sure that there's a lot of legislators in the state of Arkansas looking at that already. GPS, maybe? Well, I mean. They, they did this out in Oregon already. They mm-hmm. they hooked up to your GPS, and they can tell how many miles you drive in any given month, and then they send you a bill in the mail. Yeah, and, and that's what it's going to come to. It's going to come to because if everybody goes to electric car, how are we going to maintain the highways? I mean, you just think about it. If we don't get those tax dollars to maintain the highways, we can't maintain the highways. Well, I, I hate to say this, but here in Arkansas, they got our tax money and they still ain't maintaining the maintain highways. <laughs> That's the truth. If you don't That's believe me, drive outside of this state and go to some other states and drive on their roads, even their rural roads. That's a huge difference, I assure you. Yeah, it might be a, a, you know beholden for us to look at how they're financing their roads. Because it's not at the pump. No. Their, their, their gas taxes are lower than ours. It has to do with they actually figure out how much it's going to take to do the roads. And all that money going into the general fund, some of it is specifically directed towards roads. Well, in Oklahoma, they, you pay, I think, like a license plate for a regular pickup in Oklahoma is like $600 a year. But they don't have no personal property taxes and none of that stuff to go along with it. So, you know, you think about it, everybody thinks that's high, but you figure all our taxes and everything in there, we're about the same price. You know, we just pay them a little bit different. Yeah, it's like everybody who says there's no income tax in Texas, which you pay your property taxes. Yes. They get the money. Well, sure they do. The problem, I don't think Arkansas (laughs) pays a heavy tax burden. Yeah, we're one of the highest highest tax states and one of the the lowest uh, you know money making state in the union for our people, poor states. Yes, and and I think the problem with the roads is that particular. There's not a set amount that goes to the highway department That's for right. road improvements or to, for you know new roads <laughs> and, and repaving roads or even chip sealing dirt roads and 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 lower the maintenance cost on a lot of them well they want to take three million dollars and and put it up against the opera house somewhere else in the state instead of taking that three million dollars and putting it in road you know repairs that there should be a specific amount and they ought to not spend their money on anything but that that sounds it sounds right to me and 
there's a lot of uh, I talked Judy uh, Julie Mayberry ran a piece of legislation that didn't get a lot of traction because the governor wants that half cent sales tax. He already got three cents on a gallon of gas. Now mm-hmm. he wants another half cent sales tax, which is like three hundred million dollars, uh, a little over two hundred million dollars for state roads, and I think forty million dollars each for county and city roads. I mean. And they want to put it inside the uh, the Constitution. That is the thing that really gets me. I I will not vote for that as long as it's going to be a a constitutionally mandated tax. Uh-uh. Well, in Saline County, I mean, I, I know all them boys over there because I work on some of their vehicles. Them guys over there, they struggle to maintain the roads because, as Jeff tells me, they don't have the money to maintain the roads. You know, it's not that that they don't want to. They just don't have the money to maintain them. Yeah, but here's the key. Is that is that the case, or is the judge who controls all the money for the roads holding on to the money because that's his personal little fiefdom? Well, I had a gripe, Dave. You know, the, the old bridge went on Slane River. It was an old spanded bridge, you know, had the wires that come down. Well, they went down there and tore it down, Yeah, hauled it off, getting it refurbished, going to put it back up. They're going to spend like two or three million dollars for I think four million dollars to do this, and they could go down there and build a walk across it. Same thing for about eight hundred thousand dollars. But you know we want the nostalgias of the old bridge. I understand that, but why spend four million when we can spend eight hundred thousand? I agree with that wholeheartedly, and have the same thing. That's a perfect example of elected <coughs> officials taxing and not governing. Sometimes you got to do things the way that you're you're showing responsibility in the money you got from the taxpayer. Well, it's you know, then we got to build a road on both sides to get to it, or a walkway on both sides to get to it, and you know that don't include all that. You know, I I couldn't understand it, but you know, I'm just a dumb old country boy, so I don't understand all that judge. anyway. You're not a JP you're right <laughs> you need to run no and become a, a jp that's what you no. need to do you have more control at the jp level than a lot of people like french hill have here in arkansas in in the federal level yeah you know and that's something that people need to understand as well when you vote for somebody that's running to be jp and it's your friend that's running that doesn't necessarily mean you want to vote for them you might know them well enough that you know that they'll spend the money haphazardly. And yep. don't vote for them. Yep. You just don't want to do it. By the way, have you guys voted for the in the primary yet? I'm going to vote today. Not yet. Me, I'll wait. You're going to go the day of the voting? Oh, yeah. I like okay. to do that. Well, that's I like, cool. I like to see who all's there. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I voted yesterday. Yeah. I went in. You know what I enjoyed throwing my vote for? Donald Trump. <laughs> that's what I... I Voted for Donald Trump, and then uh, I there wasn't a lot to vote about. I mean, there was some a lot of non-contested races that I had to go through and say, yeah, 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 okay. And then uh, the judge races, you know, the one dealing with the Supreme Court with uh, Chip and uh, and Webb. And if you just think a little bit, you'll know how I voted. Uh, think about who is the conservative between those two, and then. Um, I voted uh, on the, the big uh, issue that I think is out there is the um, raising the millage 
for yeah. Cabot schools. And I'm going to upset people. I voted nay. Nay. I never vote for any tax on myself. Just won't do that. Nay. I can understand that. Nay. It's like Bryant School District. I'm going to get 8,000 kids. <laughs> yeah. Bryant School District has over 8,000 kids now. Yeah. I mean, it's growing leaps and bounds quicker than they can take care of it. Yeah. They're getting the money for them. State sends the money for each one of those kids, and so does the federal government. All right, let's get a break in. Joe and Ducker here. We're going to talk about cars, too. 823 is your uh, phone number to ask Joe or Duck anything that you want uh, pertaining to cars. Just, uh, you know, when they become, oh, I don't know, the battery go 500 miles between charges, what is it going to take for you to buy a electric car? We'd like to hear from you on that. 8230965 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got uh, 18 minutes after 8. It's 39 degrees. When we come back, we'll give you the new uh, uh, website that you can go and sign your car up for the uh, uh, car show that's coming up on May uh, the 30th. And we'll talk uh, to Joe and to Duck and get all the specifics about that as well. They got a brand new uh area that you can get your truck in you know you got one of those trucks got the real big tires they have something set up for you this year as well more coming your way first to traffic here it is on the dave ellswick show we're back with you and joe and duck are here uh the car show is coming up on the 30th the uh, bumper to bumper auto parts car show which is going to be out in uh, conway again this year at the expo center yep it'll be inside which means if it's really hot if you can get inside, and that will depend on you getting there early and being in first front come, of the first line. serve. But if you're coming out to look at the cars, you'll be comfortable, you know, out there uh, in the cool. Although if you walk outside, I can't guarantee you that it won't be a little bit warm. Yeah, but we'll have big fans over on the other side, and 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 you know, you was talking about the new class. Yes, we're probably going to put you over in the new in the outside there because. <laughs> size yeah because we're you know we're trying to get more cars inside so we're going to downsize the spots a little bit so we can maybe get you know eight or ten more cars inside uh but four-wheel drives they're just so big and they take up so much room dave that we're going to have to put them outside well explain to everybody this new category that we've added four-wheel drive truck if you have a tricked out four-wheel drive truck that's your category that's it four five six inch lift on it big tires wheels modified suspension air ride suspension whatever you got you know that's we're going you know we'll have a spot for you to put them all together so we can keep you know all y'all in one spot that sounds good to me man and you get a first second and third place trophy in it is that what that's the way it is joe uh it's just the best of it's just one best it's one winner just one winner yeah and the rock city cruisers will be judging everything again and uh they do and, a great job. And remember that every vehicle is judged three times, three different judges. And if your car, if you're sitting there with your car, you may not think that they're doing a very good job of looking at it, but they're doing an excellent job. They do this for us in some other car shows. Uh, these judges are highly experienced. Uh, there's not any biased bone in them. So just remember that uh, if you see them come by your car and they glance around and look, 
there's two more coming and you might not have seen the other two who were there exactly and if you're there please open your trunk your trunk has a 20 point score from zero to 20 if it's not open they will not ask you to open it you'll get a zero you know we had trouble last year a couple you know people didn't get their trunk open and uh but the judges did come find me one time said hey can you tell everyone to open the trunks up Mm -hmm. you know so we got you know got them pretty well all open but you know if you're coming door's going to open at seven six o'clock seven seven o'clock and in you know last year at 5 30 they was lined up out in the front door yeah we got there about six and uh they was a pretty good line then yeah and well i come out of the motor home at about 5 30 and i heard doors slamming before i come out <laughs> they were ready to go yep and you know we had 168 cars corky's barbecue is going to take care of everything this year oh really yep they're going to do hamburgers hot dogs barbecue they're going to take care of the whole thing we talked to wow jerry roachers has talked to them and they said they can handle it they'll have enough people and they'll have enough food and everything prepared to handle everything that is very cool that's great food and ryan is supposed to be talking to some guy that's going to have donuts and coffee and stuff in the morning yeah they're working that out we got a couple months so i'm sure we'll get that lined out yeah. we'll we'll keep you up on that info okay so it's uh like sunlight or somebody like that going to bring the donuts out i don't know can't be a can't be what's your name because they're not in business anymore you know tasty Cast crispy cream. cream yeah crispy, crispy cream. cream yeah there, there yeah i see the building over there's the empty when i go out yeah they, they're gone under it's uh, i don't understand how every time i went over there there were you know half a dozen cars there i don't understand how they went out of business but they know. did they did well, especially when they bad. got the sign up out front that says hot warm. donuts. Yeah, warm donuts. Got to go. Got to go see it. We used to, when I worked in Indianapolis, there was a Krispy Kreme two blocks away. And just before I came on in the evening, which was at 7 o'clock, at 6, I would come driving past, and that sign was always on. So I'd always, <laughs> always stop and buy a couple dozen for the crew. Yeah. They loved them, man. They, there's just some, those donuts melt in your mouth, I think. I that's, love them. That's why I, every once in a while I get them for the guys at the shop and I walk in with them and they, oh, they got donuts. Hold on a minute. I open the lid and smell. All right. Y'all can have them now. Yeah. You don't eat them anymore, do you? Mm, I, it just sets a no-no for you. Yes. Stephanie over at the shop on Friday stops, gets some uh, daylight donuts, brings them to the shop. Yeah, they're good. good. Yeah. Yeah, every, I get every once in a while. Monday mornings I come in, mm-hmm. Zach is say, hey, you want a blueberry donut? <laughs> he brings me a blueberry donut. And I like, that's sunlight, isn't it? Are you get Daylight. Daylight. Mm-hmm. No? Chip, oh, please. shit, please. All right. Well, they're good. I like them. See, that's my problem. I them, Doug uh, likes them too much. Yeah, them blueberry donuts. Yeah, yeah, you said that you can eat a whole dozen. Oh, yeah. Well, that ain't trouble. Yeah, I can't Without eat that Without question. Many. You I tell them, Zach. I can eat one. <laughs> This one, I give myself my my uh, maximum is one. I don't eat them. I mean, cause I, I just don't. If I eat one, I want two. Yep. Kind of like Lay's potato chips. Exactly. <laughs> you open up a, a bag of Lay's in my house, and I'll guarantee you, it ain't going back to the kitchen unless it's going to the trash can. Because <laughs> the bag it's is it's empty. empty. <laughs> I love. 
Lay's potatoes. Speaking of the car show, Dave. Yes. We're also going to have a, a two TVs this year to give away. Two flat screens. Yep. And you do not have to be present to win. Just keeps getting bigger, doesn't yes, it? Yes. The Ronald McDonald people are going to be there with their donation box again this year. Uh, you know, you don't have to pay nothing to get in. Yeah, we're you not going to charge right you, but we'd ask you to look. Yeah. And, and and if you enjoy yourself, drop a couple of dollars in the box for Ronald McDonald House. Anything. They'll, they'll accept anything. I mean, last year the people have done good giving. I think they give, I want to say eight or nine hundred dollars is what people donated mm-hmm. just coming through the door. You know, and most people give a dollar or two dollars. You know, some people give you know more than that. But if you just give them a dollar when you walk in, that's part of their budget every day. All right, we got to break in. Let's do that. Sean Hannity is up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. When we return, some traffic, some weather. All that's coming your way right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Yeah, you're back with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We didn't go anywhere. We've been sitting here the whole time just talking about what we wanted to talk about coming back uh, from the news. And so we're turning it over to you. We want to know, and our phone number is 823-0965, 823-0965. We talked earlier on in the hour about uh, electric cars they are really gaining traction and it's i said look i've figured out that when ford came out with that mustang mm-hmm. it seemed like that just jazzed everybody up well i'm sure it has uh and you got a you got a major car manufacturer that has bought devo- into it yeah devoted one of their iconic brands like the Mustang. Yeah. Yeah, they, they see the future electric. there now. Exactly. Everybody's going towards that. And, and, you know, you used to see hybrids, and now you're seeing more electric vehicles like the Volt and now the the uh, Mustang. And then you got some other brands out there that are doing the same thing. And I think you'll see the trend pick up. That one that everybody knows the name is Tesla. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tesla does things a little bit different. Uh, they have what they call a Ranger you have a problem with one of their cars there's no dealer here no you the ranger will come out and check the vehicle and they have uh, certain parts around the country they have repair facilities but they'll bring you something to drive while they're working on it if it's under warranty is it an electric car or is it a, a gas I'm sure powered it is. yeah it, it, it's it'll <laughs> I, I would dearly love for somebody that owned one of those vehicles to call in and give us some personal information about how they do that and what's going on and i yeah, think and, that'd be pretty cool but, and how they like it how yeah. it drives, you know, far as acceleration and stuff like it, which they say the Tesla has good acceleration. Oh, all electric well, vehicles do. Yeah, you you go from zero to sixty with the Ford Mustang in uh, what to say three seconds, six yeah, seconds, six like seconds, that. zero to yeah, sixty, extremely fast. Zero but to sixty in three seconds. That's what it is. I would like to see you know somebody that owns one of those to call in and give us some real world information about what things they like about it and what they're a little bit frustrated about as far as when to charge it and where to get it charged at and have they had it on how any? much did it cost to yeah, put the charger yeah. in your garage and, and, and things and of that nature just, you know not from the manufacturer the people that build these cars but actually from an owner yeah individual yeah. you know whether it's a volt or a tesla or whatever it doesn't make any difference electric car owners if you're out there just give us a shout yeah. Eight two three oh nine six five. Eight two three oh nine six five. And you're talking about charging. You know, if you if you're down around Bass Pro Shop, 
behind Bass Pro Shop. I think there's 10 charging stations there. They do take a credit card because I stopped and looked. I just want to know how they was getting paid, you know. Cause, you know, they're not going to let you charge for nothing. They, no. And then down there, right in front of the Benton Event Center, that motel there, it's a new motel there by Applebee's. It has, I think, six charging stations out there. So, okay. you know, it's uh, – and, and they do with a credit card too. But, you know, you'd think if you stayed at a motel that's, that they would let you charge your car. You know, I don't know. I hadn't went inside and asked or nothing. But, you know, if you buy an electric car, you're going to have to have a charging station at home. Oh yeah, you and you gotta have bill. it in your in your garage. You plug it up when yep. you park, and your electric bill is gonna go up. Yeah, it's gonna happen. You know, because a charge, you know, a battery charge is basically a dead short when it's charging. So, you know, you just think about that. It's but if time what you save on gasoline, you know, eventually it'll pay for itself. I'd like to know what the annual cost of that is a year. Yeah, well, I really wish somebody that owned one would give us a shout. Yeah. Not not projected. You know, like if you go into a car buy a new car, it's got. Uh, average annual fuel costs and all that yeah. on there and it ain't never accurate everybody knows that no. it's always inflated it's well, never it's even close it's on flat surfaces your, your miles per gallon are different and this that and other but so real world i like somebody to say well it cost me about this much each year i've seen this much increase in my electric bill and so on and so on i like to know that yeah so we'll have to we're going to keep doing this when we we're on is ask somebody has I was driving an electric vehicle just to give us the the, the skinny on this. Eight two three oh nine six five. And you know, and something else, Dave. You know, spring's fixing to hit. Look oh, at yeah. that big bright thing out in the sky. So, what uh, should people be looking towards at this time? I mean, I'm just saying, uh, definitely new wiper plates. Yes, you've gone through the winter. I know that it was really mild, but still wiper blades it's time for the new change well you get a lot of rain and you get a lot of a little bit of ice and snow and stuff like that it's hard on the wiper blades a lot of dirt off the road yeah absolutely all that road film from the rain it's that road film's got dirt in it yes gravel sands and it's tough on the windshield wiper blades uh you know your tires brakes all these are due for inspection in the springtime uh, as well as they are in the fall and so, uh, you know, you get it in and, and, and one of the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers and say, you know, I need a springtime inspection and service it and change all the fluid levels that need to be changed and service everything up and inspect the filters, air filter, yeah, cabin air filter. you switch out your, your uh, you know, spray, your spritzer yep. squ- spray. You don't need it to one that doesn't freeze probably at 20 yeah. below zero. After, after March, you can go back to the you know the zero because it it's not going. If it does, it won't freeze it solid enough to bust anything. Yeah, and uh, you know it's cheaper when you go back to the other stuff. So you know it's uh, quite a few things there to look at. You know, uh, I see a lot of uh, vehicles that come in that have had uh, you know wear and tear on their vehicle from uh, the bumpy roads in the winter time. Oh, it seems man. like the potholes grow badly and, and so you know it'd be a good time to get the alignment checked on it just to make sure inspect the tires and the suspension joints and uh, tire rod ends and stuff like that and also your you know rack and pinion boots and axle boots you can get something tears one of them boots you don't know about it but it, it's it's gonna sling that grease out of it and then that axle's junk and it's time to replace it yes and, and another thing too joe you know you're getting ready for summer most people you know thinking about going on vacation now because uh, that's the next holiday, basically, yeah. is go on vacation. And, and, 
you know you just will get a jump on it because if you got five or six things wrong in your vehicles we can tell you hey we need to fix a then we'll fix b then we'll fix c you know the stuff that's on down the line then time you get ready vacation cars ready and what we call easter break will be the next time you have a a week that your kid's going to be out of school and Mm -hmm. you'll want to travel somewhere Mm -hmm. probably to a beach it seems to be a place that a lot of people like to go well, like Duck said, we can help you prioritize. If you've got four or five items and can't can't get all that done at once, we'll say, well, we need to do this first and then second and then third and then two, three months down the road, you'll be ready for the summer uh, vacation trip. Yeah, i got to come in and get my oil uh, serviced, and when they do, I want you all to ch- check out my tires and see how they're doing. We're going to do an alignment check on it too, Dave. Yeah, make sure that we're all 100% ready to go. Got to get that finished up. All right, we've got some callers. Ernie uh-huh. Ernie wants to talk to us. Let's go talk to Ernie first. Ernie, how are you? And welcome uh, to hey. the Dave Ellswick Show. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing fantastic. Good. Hey, listen, I've got a 2006 Mercury Grand Marquis. And I've got a light on the dash that is looks like an airbag type thing. And it beeps at me five <laughs> times, five times. So I yeah. get 25 beeps all together every 30 minutes. Doesn't that and drive you crazy? Beep. Oh, completely insane. And I'm just trying to figure out, is it uh, something that I can get done fairly quickly? Or is it a seatbelt sensor? Or what exactly is it? It's a bulb. Yep. <laughs> the <What>? passenger seat. <laughs> the bulb that says passenger airbag on or off. That bulb's bad. Yep. And when it so, doesn't see the resistance from that bulb, it it, yeah. it turns on that audible alarm. So we're looking at, you know, pennies? You're probably, <laughs> uh, the last one I did on one that old, uh, I don't, you have to actually buy the little light bar assembly. Yes. What we right. do is like we do on the GM uh, instrument clusters when we put the stepper motors in there and the replacement bulbs. I've been taking uh-huh. that out and soldering a new bulb in there. It's been fixing them. You're going to spend about mm, $80, 100 bucks, something like that. Not bad at all. Well, that's hey, that the removal, the great. repair, and putting it back in. So and I'm saying you get rid yeah. of the beep. Yeah, it'll go away. <laughs> you cannot uh, dis- also, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, also, the, uh, the cruise control is not working. Uh, 06, I'm going to say the cruise on that one is probably the pressure sensor out there on the master cylinder. Yes. They're notorious okay. for that. Or you've got, as old as that is, the cruise buttons are on the steering wheel, correct? Yes, sir. Now, you could have a bad clock spring where it's wore down and that continuous. Not making contact. That's it. So. All right. Okay. So, they, so I'm, I need to come see you guys is what you're telling me. Yeah. Yes, sir. If you want to get rid of that beeping noise, you will, because that's what I was going to say. You cannot. Bypass it. You cannot get rid of it because the uh, audible part that makes that noise is incorporated into the fuse relay center there was a okay. time you could reach up there and unplug those tone things but that's the same thing that gives you the beeping for your headlights on and your key in the ignition yep ah same you module can't, you okay. can't get rid of it so only way you can is repair why it's on and that is going to be that that bulb out in that seat passenger seat belt light all right. I will be coming to see you guys. I appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate you. you listening in and calling in and asking your question. we got more callers. We'll get to them in a moment. But first, got to get to the traffic. You're listening to the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer, home of Rush Limbaugh and Skip from Conway. You're up next. 
when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. But first, here's your traffic. Back with you about 12 minutes until uh, 9 o'clock. We lost Skip. Skip, if you're out there, if we lost your cell phone, give us a call back, 823-0965, and uh, we'll answer your question. Joe, you brought up an interesting point during the break with Duck and I about uh, your seats in your cars. Yeah, that, that you know, you guys out there that call in and ask questions drive the topic here. So let's let's just say Skips is an 06 Grand Marquis. It's got an occupant sensor in the seat. Basically, it says somebody's in that seat or somebody's not in that seat. And that's that's based off of uh, whether the seat belt's buckled or not. If you if it sees somebody in that seat and the seat belt's latched, it's going to tell you that airbag is armed and ready. The off light goes off then. But if there's nobody in that seat or it detects somebody in that seat and the seat belt's not buckled, it's going to turn that little light on. Now, it's got to have resistance from that light for it to be functioning so it can function properly. The audible alarm is there because the bulb's not working. But let's get into the later models. Let's get into 2015 or 16 and up. The occupant sensor in the seat is actually, it knows how much weight's in that seat. For instance, if you have a 65-pound person in that seat, it tells that airbag module how much that person weighs seat belt buckled or not so when it deploys that airbag during a collision it doesn't deploy it too hard the lighter the person the less it deploys the heavier the person the more it, it slows itself down that's correct that way you don't have the occupant hurt by the deployment of the bag and and another thing too joe i was telling you about one time we had a customer come in had rented a truck she had yep. put a cooler in the right front seat yep and she said it won't run but 50 mile an hour now mm-hmm. most all your your rental trucks is like that because they want to make sure if somebody's in that seat, the seat belt is buckled. That's correct. I walked out and buckled a seat belt, and she looked at me like, you're kidding. Yeah, she dropped no, the cooler in. He's ready to go. I said, now go try it. I said, if I don't fix it, come back and see me. Never, Never saw heard nothing, you know. Okay. Yeah. But but it's all in there for safety is what it's in there for, to tell the airbag what to do, and, you know, and tell it that there is someone in there besides the driver. You know, the, the airbags in today's cars are really complicated, they got uh, side airbags, head curtain airbags. That's it, and the, and the frontal airbags, passenger and driver's side. But people think that, you know, years past, folks have got hurt during the deployment of the bags. Well, not so much anymore. You hadn't heard about that in a long time. That's because they've changed up their strategy because the modules are very intricate. For instance, if we make an airbag repair, we put a pretensioner on, something like that, and I'll tell you what a pretensioner is in just a minute. But... We have to go in there and put weight in the passenger seat to calibrate it so it knows exactly how much weight's in that seat. And what a pretensioner is, that is the buckle for the air, for the uh, safety seat belt, belt, the seat belt. And when that airbag deploys, that buckle has got an explosive device in it that shoots it down and welds it in place. So actually, when the airbag is deploying, it is strapping the seat belt tight against you shoulder harness lap belt and pulling you back in the seat during the deployment of the bag holding you in place that way you don't rock forward and hit that bag with a forward motion it straps you in and wow. a lot of these seat belts once the uh, pretensioners deploy you have to throw replace them in the garbage them. and replace them some right. of them are resettable but most of them you end up uh, throwing them in the garbage. i've seen a lightning strike hit a vehicle one time yep. and it, it melted them all yeah you know we wind up replacing every seat belt in the truck 
Yeah, occasionally you'll see some interference like that where the module is, you know, arcing and sparking or from whatever reason, uh, welding on the car. There's a lot of things that can damage the modules in that. All right, we've got eight minutes until nine, and Larry is in Little Rock, and he's got a question for you guys. Larry, what's your question? Well, I, I'm going to get this fixed. I just want to know if it's urgent. I've got an 03 Silverado. It's a good old truck, but I'll be driving, and the gauges will just on the dash will just all die and then come right back up. Have you got any idea what that might be and whether that, that requires an urgent fix or something I don't have to be too anxious about? Well, I'm, I'm going to say that if you want your gauges to work, you need to be up on it and you get it fixed. Yeah. Well, because, no, no, I know. And, and I am yeah. going to get it fixed. I, yeah. I said I'm going to get it fixed. Yeah. But, they, they, but, they, but they, as soon as they go down, they come right back up. And it, there's no rhyme or reason on that. Well, uh, I, so, I, I think 03 model, there's probably a, 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 an issue with the board or the chipset in the, yeah. in the cluster. Mm-hmm. That, that's a year model GM had a lot of trouble a with A lot the of cluster. trouble mm-hmm. with them. We put stepper okay. motors in them, bulbs in them, but uh, a lot of times we can check that. When you know, mm-hmm. if if it does it pretty regular, we can look at the data with a scanner and go drive it and ever gauge on okay. it. We can see what's going on with it, and yeah. if that goes down, and then actually we have took some out and we have done a crack solder joints in them and repaired them. I don't know if that one's repairable without looking at it though, Larry. Okay. Well, good. I'll make an appointment and bring that in. And I appreciate your answer. You're right. Thank you. Thank take you. care. Yes, we appreciate you calling in today. we got time for one more call. If you want to be that person, 823-0965. 823-0965. Don't sit back and wonder. You can, get a, you can get a pretty good lead from talking to these guys right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Joe and, and Duck are here. Duck's Garage in Benton. Joe's Garage in North Little Rock. Again, a two three zero nine six five, and we were talking about things you need to do in the springtime. We talked about brakes, checking those tires, checking uh, you know your fluids, checking your uh, windshield wipers. What else would you guys suggest? Well, uh, anytime you have a seasonal change, you're coming up on summer. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know a bumper to bumper certified service center oil service entails a huge inspection about 20 points doesn't it duck yes we're looking at everything the belts the hoses we're looking for leaks uh be a good idea to get the ac charge checked right now moderately low air uh, refrigerant in in these ac systems bad on air compressor isn't it real bad because the compressor runs in the wintertime to keep the moisture in there that's that's why they make it run yeah it's a dehumidifier so it helps defrost the windshields what it does yeah and so they're turning it on plus if you have a car with automatic temp control in it and you say well i want it on 75 degrees in here it's going to blend the heater air with the ac air to get you 75 degree temperature keep it at whatever you said it at so that means it it factors in humidity and everything Mm -hmm. it factors it all in what the temperature is outside what the temperature is inside the car how much humidity is inside the car then it works it and 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 if you run that compressor with it moderately low on freon it can be detrimental to it it shortens its life and everybody knows that major ac repairs are 1500 or possibly more than that on yep. some vehicles they're so expensive I, I would say that you know on your spring uh checkout that would be one of my priorities is say hey go ahead and check the refrigerant level on that and 
add to it if it needs it, put a little oil in there, a little dye in there in case it is low, because if it is low, it's leaking. It's got to leak somewhere. And it don't wear out and it don't dissipate. That's correct. And, and if we find the leak, if we do it now, and then you say, well, in the summertime, say, you know, it ain't really performing as well. We'll have the dye in there. We'll be able to find the leak and repair it for you. Cabin air filter? Yep. Yeah, you want to Now you need that. to start replacing it because spring's fixing to hit and all this yellow junk's fixing to come out of the trees. You betcha. And then as soon as it all gets gone, you need to change it again. Yeah. Right. Because once it gets sucked all into that air cleaner, it needs to be replaced. It's going to fill it up. Yes, sir. That's what it'll do. And if you've got allergies, that's a no-no. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> it's a no-no. Bad no-no. They've got some pretty neat uh, uh, cabin air filters out there now that are like your house filters where they're HEPA and this, that, and mm-hmm. other. So Yeah. You know, and, and, and all that, especially if you have an animal, cat, or a dog that travels with you in the car, you need to replace that thing at least two or three times a year because it'll collect all that, that stuff up, that hair from them dogs and stuff. So. I had a lady one time come in, and she had a Ford vehicle. You know, when they had the center up in the dash, mm-hmm. had the little round hose and had the center in there. Yeah. She said, wouldn't nothing work, got to checking, and it was full of dog hair. Yeah, it'll do it. And it, it couldn't register because it, it had it all shorted out. And went in there and cleaned it. Put it all back to working. Something to keep in mind. Okay. Go to btbautoparts.com and then click on the car show button so you can register your automobile for the May 30th car show from uh, Bumper to Bumper and all the guys from the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers. Got uh, what's the what's the big uh, giveaway? Is it another uh, gift certificate from the folks at Bumper to Bumper? It's a $1,000 shopping spree. $1,000 shopping spree. And if you're a a restorer, that's a pretty good deal. And we're going to have two big screen TVs to give away. Yep. And plus, all of us shops will be there. We'll all have stuff to give away. Yep. And this year, Corky's will be there. Yes, sir. Corky's going to feed everybody. you you got to buy it, but they'll be there to serve it. And somebody's going to serve donuts. So we'll find out who that is in the near future. We're out of time. working on that. Thank you, Dave. Yep. Duck, thank you for coming over. Joe, thank you for coming over as well. Don't forget that website again, btbautoparts.com. Click on the car show button.